Coastal, how are you guys doing this morning? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today as we're continuing our series, Love, Sex, and Rock and Roll. And uh, I, I hope you, are you guys enjoying this series? Are you guys having fun? series has been a lot of fun. We've been teaching. Brayden, Brayden is not old enough to actually know any of those songs. And uh, so we had to educate him this week on good music. And uh, it's great. But uh, we, we've been talking about, you know, just, just how do we have great and healthy relationships. And uh, we've, been, we've been talking about a lot of things over the last couple of weeks. In fact, um, you know, we said throughout this series that if you have questions about relationships, there's an opportunity for you to... Uh, Text your questions in. We'll take a weekend where we'll just answer questions that you all have about relationships, whether you're single, whether you're married. You just, you just have questions. And, and maybe we're not answering those during the weeks of the series. We want to answer those questions and help you have healthy relationships in life. And so uh, can't wait to share that weekend with my wife, Shayla. She'll be taking the stage. Somebody asked her today, is, is number one or number two sharing today? And, and she said number two. And he's like, I can't wait for number one, which means she's number one. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Anyways, uh, today's message um, is, is for men. And so um, here's the deal. There's some rules for today. Um, because I think that sometimes you got to set some rules on the front end. It's called boundaries. And, and so I want to set some boundaries for today's message. Uh, the, the first boundary that I want to set is, ladies, you got to be quiet during this message. <laughs> okay? There's, there's no elbowing your spouse or, or your significant other or boyfriend or whatever. Um, listen, there's not when you get in the car after service being like, man, he read your mail, you know, and just driving it in. Listen, listen, no guy ever came to Christ because his wife nagged him to Christ. Just saying. So, 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 so be quiet. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. Don't take his role. You have a role, and it's not to do that, okay? Um, and, and so I promise you, if, if, if you'll be encouraging in this message, it will help your relationship with your spouse, just telling you, ladies, uh, with that, um, we're going to talk about biblical manhood, and that's really hard, and it's really difficult because we live in a day and an age where, where we're asking men not to be men, and we're going to hit some things that maybe society would tell us are not right, but here's, here's what I know. Society doesn't know truth today, and so, and so truth is a moving line out there in this world, but we have the truth of God's word. There is a line, and, and we draw the line at his word, and we live by his word, and so we teach from his word. And so we're going to hear some things about what God says about being a man today that's going to go against society, but I promise you, if you apply it to your life, it will change your marriage. Yes, and here's what I know is everybody at the end of the day wants a healthy marriage, not a jacked up one. The world system is not working. So let's try God's system, which has worked for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Okay. And the third thing is, is that uh, I don't have this down. Uh, and so I am still a work in progress. So I'm not talking to you from, hey, I've got this all figured out and I'm perfect because Shayla will tell you I am not. Can we confirm that? Yes. Okay. So everybody saw that. I'm not perfect. So we're going to be talking about three commitments that we have to make as a man and it begins with this phrase, no matter what. And uh, I think that that is a critical phrase that every man has got to 
got to get within themselves, and I think every woman has got to get within themselves too, is no matter what. In fact, I want you to say it with me on the count of three. I want you to say no matter what. One, two, three. No matter what. Okay, that was not everybody, so we'll do this again. I got, I got like, uh, let's see, 10, 45. I've got 45 minutes, so we, we can get this down before the next service starts. So on the count of three, no matter what. One, two, three. Okay, perfect. No matter what, number one, if you're taking notes, no matter what you do, I will love you and always will. Men, here's the commitment we need to make. I will love you and always will no matter what you do. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25. It says this, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved loved the church. Now, let's take a look at the church over the last 2,000 years, and I think that we can agree as we look at the church, the church has been a little crazy. I'm just being honest. Like, if you've been around church any period of time, you've run into some crazy church people, and you have a crazy church people story. Why? Because the church is crazy. Because it's got people, right? And so, so you don't even have to go very far in the Bible. You look in Acts chapter 15. They're telling everybody, hey, listen, you're saved by grace. And all of a sudden, people come in and say, hey, you're saved by grace. And if you're a man, you have to get circumcised, which all the men are like, I'm out. Who needs Jesus at that point? Why? Because they had some crazy ideas. Then you don't have to go very much further. And the church had this idea of, hey, we're going to do crusades and take back Israel from other countries, and we're going to kill people for the church. Then you go to the 14th century, and you have the, the Inquisition. We're going to kill people that don't follow Jesus. Church is a little crazy. Then you come into modern days and you have televangelists on TV going, I've blessed this bottle of water. And if you sow a seed of $10,000, I will send you this blessed Fiji water that you will drink and be blessed and have lots of money and you're broke. Crazy. If you've done that, you're nuts. Stop it. I mean, during the 80s, I remember being in church and and they would say things like this. They, I remember an evangelist came into the church that Shayla and I kind of grew up around. And he said, he said, listen, rock and roll music will tell you to kill your parents and smoke weed. Listen, I grew up, I never killed my parents, and I didn't smoke weed. And I listened to rock and roll music. I could sing all of those songs. Church has been a little crazy. Can we all admit the church has been crazy? Okay. And the reason the church is crazy is because you showed up to it. Listen, church, the church was perfect before I showed up. The church was perfect before you showed up. But the moment we walk in the door, we bring a little cray-cray to it. And here's the thing. In spite of how crazy the church has been, it is still God's plan for this earth. It is still what Jesus went to the cross for, that we would build his church. And as much as we've messed up, as much as we've screwed up, as much as we've said, God still loves the church. Why? Because God loves the church based on its position, not its performance. And I would submit to you, husbands, we are to love our wives not, not based on what she does, not based on her performance, but her position. In fact, I put it in your notes like this. Love is based on position, 
not performance. See, guys, we're to love our spouse based on the fact that she is our spouse, not based on what she does as our spouse. Because let's be honest, if we base it on her performance, a lot of us walk into relationships with unrealistic expectations. And when she isn't meeting those performance expectations, what do we do? We get upset. We start to talk about her. We start to do things that we wouldn't normally do in a relationship. Why? Because she's not meeting performance because our love for her is based on performance, not positioning. Jesus is going, no, no, no. It's going to be different than that. That's how people that don't know any better act. But if you're a follower of me, you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And the church is crazy because women are a little crazy. Come on, ladies. You know it's true. A little crazy. How do I know this? Because you will go to a store and buy a pair of shoes that is a size and a half too small because it goes with the one outfit that you wear every six years. That's crazy. How do I know you're crazy? Why are there 14 bottles of shampoo in the shower? You only have one head of hair. Single guys are like, I'm lucky if I have a bar of soap, maybe. And let's not even talk about the 75 pillows on the bed. Like, why do you need all those pillows? <laughs> are you, like, going to take them off and make another bed on the floor for, for your husband to sleep on? Is that what that's for? I figured it out. But here's the big one. Why does it take 20 minutes to tell me a five-minute conversation? <laughs> Last service, I had a lady in the front row start explaining why. And she's like, well, let me tell you. I was like, I, I know, ma'am. I know. <laughs> Every guy's like, man, he is preaching good right now. <laughs> and every wife is like, it's getting personal in here. Yes, it is. Men tell me all the time, man, TJ, my wife is crazy. And I'm like, dude, I know she married you. She has got to be nuts. It's got to be. But at the end of the day, men, we are called to love her as Jesus loved the church. And Jesus never walked away from the church even when the church was at its worst. Even when the church was acting all crazy, he didn't walk away. Why? Because his love is based on position not performance. Listen, husbands, one of the greatest things you could do today is you could go home to your spouse and tell her, listen, I love you no matter what. Because everywhere in the world that she looks is telling her she has to be perfect. She goes to a grocery store and she sees better homes and gardens and sees the picture on the front. And then she thinks about her house and she goes, I'm a failure as a spouse. My house does not look like this picture. What the reality is, is, is that picture has never had three kids living in it. <laughs> then she looks at the next magazine and it's a Vogue and it's a, it's a model 
who as beautiful as she is, still isn't beautiful enough that they have to airbrush her and she goes, I'm not up to expectation here either. And what you could do is you could go, babe, I don't love you based on how you perform. I love you because of who you are and the position you hold in our family. You are my spouse and I will love you no matter what. Number two, I will love you no matter what it takes. Continuing in verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Men, we are literally called to give ourselves up for our wife. But that's not how most of us approach marriage. We think that marriage is supposed to give us stuff. In fact, it reminds me of this couple. They, uh, they just got married. He was this big kind of burly biker guy, and she was a really, really skinny, petite woman. And they got married, and they're, they're, they got to their honeymoon suite that night, and, and they're getting ready to, to consummate, you know, this incredible, incredible day. And uh, the husband, he, he takes off his pants, and he goes, hey, babe, before, before we go any further, I want you to put my pants on. And they're like a size, like, 42 and, like, really long. And she's a small little girl, and she's like, man, those, those pants aren't going to fit me? Like, I'm, that's going to look ridiculous on me. He's like, put the pants on. Uh, and she's like, I could fit like my entire body in one of your legs. He's like, I don't care. Put the pants on. And she pulls the pants up and she goes, I look ridiculous in this. He's like, that's right. You remember I wear the pants in this family. <laughs> and she takes her skinny jeans off and she goes, here, I want you to put these on. He's like, I'm not putting on those, those jeans. Like, they, they won't fit me. She's like, put the jeans on him, which, of course, he grabs the jeans and starts pulling them up. He gets them up to about his knees, and he's like, I can't get in these. And she's like, that's right, and you never will if you keep that attitude up. <laughs> Men, don't ever mess with a woman. She's way smarter than us. See, the problem is, is we walk into marriage thinking, man, we run this show. You're here to meet my needs. No, no, no. You're there as a husband to lay down your life. To lay down your life for your wife. Christ went to the cross and died we can humble ourselves and serve our spouse. I have women tell me all the time, man, I, I actually I have men tell me all the time, <laughs> not women, tell me all the time, like, my wife has a hard time following my leadership. And I know right away why. Because I've never in my life met a woman that wouldn't follow a man that was fully submitted and committed to living like Christ. Because what that woman knows is that man will lay down his life for her. Not just in life and death situations, but in every situation. 
because he's living how Christ lived. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to make that relationship work. Single dudes. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you're called to do some things. I don't know if you recognize this or not, but single guys, you are called to pursue a woman. I know we live in the 21st century and, 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 and you know, everybody wants to do equals and girls like want to go pursue guys. Listen, you're getting it backwards. Listen, girls, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you start pursuing a guy, you're going to have to pursue him the rest of your life. That's why you don't pursue guys. They should pursue you. Like, guys, you are called to pursue a woman. I know some of you are just sitting around waiting for your future spouse. You're sitting around waiting when you are called to pursue. Pursuit is not Facebooking a girl. Pursuit is not tweeting a girl. Pursuit is not following her on Snapchat or Instagram. Pursuit is not when she walks by heckling and calling out to her or snorting at her. That is not pursuit. Like no single girl has ever had a guy like, hey, babe. Like, oh, my gosh, you are my future husband. Let's get married. Stop it. Grow up. Become a man. Like, don't text a girl, call her. When you show up on a date, don't honk when you're there or text her, I'm here. Park your car, get out of it, walk up the door, knock on the door, greet her like a gentleman, walk her to the car, put her in the passenger seat, walk around, get in the driver's seat, take her on a nice date, and pay for it. Pastor TJ, I'm scared. Listen, if you're scared now, you will never lay down your life for that girl. Single guys, get a job. I know it's getting personal right now, but seriously, stop playing video games all day long and get a job. Unless you get paid to play video games, get a job. Get out of debt. Deal with your lust problem. Listen, the thing that I know about the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single, like all those single ladies in our church, they are not praying, God, send me a boy who thinks he's a man who plays video games all day, is up to date in his eyeballs, and whacks off. Like that is not what they are praying for. Married dudes, listen, you don't get out of this either. This blows my mind. You need to deal with your porn problem. Why are you going and living in fantasy land, giving all of your time to that? If you would turn around and spend that time with your spouse, you would live in reality land, which would change your marriage. You need to deal with your problem. 
Because here's the deal, whether you're single or whether you're married, is she saying, thank you, Jesus, or why me, Jesus? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? So what does that mean? You got to get your relationship with Jesus solid. It's time for some of you to learn how to pursue Jesus before you pursue the opposite sex because you ain't ready for that. Listen, guys, whether you're single or you're married, you are called to lead not only yourself, but you're called to lead your family. You've got to recognize that there is a responsibility spiritually to your family. I'll explain it. Genesis, in the very beginning, God creates Adam. He realizes that it's not good for Adam to be alone, so he puts him to sleep, takes out a rib, and creates the woman out of it, out of the man's rib. And as they're going along, he'd given Adam some instructions of how to live in the garden. One day, the serpent comes into the garden and and says, hey, did God really say to the woman? And the man's standing right next to the woman, just, just, just normal. She goes, well, I don't really know. Well, you should eat that fruit. And she takes the fruit and she eats it and she passes it off to her husband. He eats it. All of a sudden, they become aware of their sin and their shame. They realize they're naked and so they go and they sow fig leaves and they're hiding. And here's what happens in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord, God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from God among the trees of the garden. Now, here's the best part. It says, but the Lord God called to the, come on, the Lord God called to the, who did he call to? Called to the man, where are you? Listen, when I get to heaven, first thing I'm doing, I'm punching Adam in the throat. <laughs> Dude, screwed it. Eve ate the fruit, took the fruit, handed it to him, and God calls the man out. Why? Because we're held accountable for how we lead our families spiritually. Listen, you are accountable for how you're leading your family. And I realize this is not easy. That this is actually a very, very difficult thing to do. I'll struggle with this. And I'm supposed to be a professional. Listen, give me a Bible in five minutes and I will come up with something fantastic to say. Give me an argument with my spouse and then ask me to pray. I got issues. Why? Because it's awkward. It's awkward to leave my wife. Why? Because she sees me at my best. But she also knows me at my very worst. And after that fight, the, a good prayer is not like, Shayla, God, help Shayla to see that she's wrong. <laughs> That's not an effective prayer right there. It would get way more awkward at that moment for me. But we got to fight the awkwardness. Men, man, your kids, 
Their kids, your kids need to hear you pray for them. They need to hear you speaking life over their life. They want to hear that from you way more than they want to hear it from me. We've got to fight the awkwardness. And we've got to lead our home spiritually. We've got to do whatever it takes. Jesus went to the cross and died. We've got to lay down our life and do whatever it takes for our spouse and for our kids. Number three, I will love you no matter what you need. No matter what you need. I said this earlier, it's, it's hard being a man because of the responsibility. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. It means your role as a husband is to help remove things that hinder in your relationship. It's not her job to do. It's your job to do. He continues on by cleansing her with washing with water through the word. What it's saying is it's saying words to her are so critical and so important. The words that you're speaking are so critical to the relationship. It reminds me of this this husband and wife, they're getting ready for the bed, and the husband was already laying in bed, and his wife was standing in front of a full-length mirror, and she was looking at herself, and she goes, man, I am, I'm getting old, and there's wrinkles on my face, and my arms are flabby, and I've got a spare tire around my midsection. Like, and, and she turns and looks at her husband, and she goes, would you, would you tell me something good about myself? And he thinks for a moment. In a very tender and loving way, he goes, babe, at least your eyesight is really good. <laughs> Continuing on. <laughs> and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. He says, we are to feed and care for our wife. And what our wife needs more than anything is words that will edify her and build her in life. The Bible tells us that in the power of the tongue is life and death. Are your words building your wife up or are they tearing her down? And you've got a responsibility to, to understand what your wife needs, men. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way. Men, do you realize that you are called biblically to understand your wife? You're called to understand your wife. And I've had men go, I don't understand her. I don't even think she understands herself. But here's the deal. That's why you've got to become a student of her. Well, TJ, what happens when I understand her? 
you die. That's what happens. It's the end of life right there. But here's what I know. If you will become a student of your spouse, man, constantly trying to understand her, you will never become bored of her. You never will. I know some guys like, well, TJ, she doesn't try to understand me. Listen, it's not hard to understand you. Sex, food, sleep, done. It's every guy in this room. Maybe throw a hobby in there. I know there's always excuses, but TJ, men, like, women are just complicated. That's why guys like them. You want to know why men are attracted to women? Because we're ingrained with this desire to conquer. And I know so many guys think that conquering their wife is getting her to marry them, but that is not conquering your wife. Conquering your wife is getting your wife to love you all the days of your life. And that, my friends, will take a lifetime. He continues on, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. See, what they understood is that our relationship with our spouse does not just affect our home. It doesn't just impact what's happening inside. It actually impacts our relationship with God. And some of us have had a block happening in a relationship with God, and we're like, What's, why can't I connect with God? Because you're not connecting with your spouse. And God says it's time for some of us to look at our relationships and, and assess them and going, are we doing what it takes to make this work? Let me illustrate it like this. Guys <laughs> are a lot like this tub right here being honest we're simple we're pretty durable like you can you can you can throw the tub around you can stomp on it and it pops right back up doesn't it like you can throw rocks at it you can you can punch it doesn't matter in fact like I, I, here's here's a perfect example of guys Two guys, two tubs get in a fight. They beat the snot out of each other. One of them apologizes. They can go eat tacos 20 minutes later. Two women get in a fight, they might not speak for 75 years. <laughs> it's truth right there. Women are a lot like this vase. It's precious. It's intricate. It's valuable. In most homes, you'll find this vase dining room table on display or in a china cabinet or on a mantle in most homes where do you where do you find the tub <laughs> it's out in the garage isn't it 
guys, here's the key to relationships. Stop treating your wife like a tub and start treating her like a vase. Exalting her, honoring her, put her in a place of prominence in your life. I know you can argue that you're stronger, but she can argue that she's more valuable. And the reason you treat her with respect and dignity and honor is because she is a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if a princess walked into your house, man, you would treat her way differently than a lot of us treat our spouses. Ladies, in Christ, you're precious. You're valuable. In fact, I would say you're priceless. And you are esteemed and you are honored. And I know some of you, you you've got a past. Some of you, maybe life feels like it's broken. And you go, I don't feel like a vase. I, I feel like a tub. You don't know where I've been or what I've done or what's happened to me or the abuse that I've taken. And I believe that Jesus would say to you today, no, 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 you're precious. You are valuable in my sight. And I love you. Single ladies, don't settle for a man that treats you like a tub when you deserve a man that treats you like a precious, valuable child of the king that you are. Today, some of us, we need to make a commitment. In fact, these three commitments to be willing to say, you know what, no matter what you do, no matter what it takes, no matter what you need, I will love you. Others of us, we need to make a commitment to Christ because you don't have a marriage problem, you have a Jesus problem. And because you've never received a love that would lay down its life for you, it's hard for you to lay down your life for someone when you've never experienced that before.